is the tenth Sunday in Ordinary Time, and you're listening to the Gospel of the Lord in the homily of Reverend Angelo Satino, pastor of Nativity of Our Lord Parish in Warminster, Pennsylvania. with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus journeyed to a city called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd accompanied him. As he drew near to the gate of the city, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. A large crowd from the city was with her, When the Lord saw her, he was moved with pity, for he said to her, Do not weep. He stepped forward and touched the coffin. At this, the bearers halted, and he said, Young man, I tell you, arise. The dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, exclaiming, A great prophet has arisen in our midst, and God has visited his people. This report about him spread through the whole of Judea and in all the surrounding region. The Gospel of the Lord. It was the compassion of Jesus that gave life not just to the dead man in the coffin, but to his mother. And it was genuine compassion. What is compassion? To understand this gospel, you need to know a little bit about the background of how things happened in those days. When someone died, usually the funeral procession was the day they died because they buried them immediately. And so the funeral procession went through the town, and that was the way people learned that the person had died. And so there was a lot of weeping and wailing. Today we are sophisticated and we try not to cry in public. But in those days, to weep and wail was common. This death was a tragedy in many ways. The only son of a widowed mother. In Jesus' days, women were not allowed to own anything. Anything they owned had to be connected to their husband or to an adult male. So this poor widow had lost her husband, and now she lost her only son. And that meant that everything she possessed went back to the family of her husband. So she was not just grieving as a widow for the loss of her only son immediately on the day she lost him, but she probably was terrorized by the fact that she was penniless and who might care for her. Jesus knew the customs of his times, and so when he was going through the town and this funeral procession approached, He looked and they told him, 
It is the only son of this poor widow. And he was moved with pity, with compassion. Now in those days, it was not allowed to touch even the casket of a dead person. You were considered ritually unclean. And until you went through a very formal purification process, you were not allowed in the temple. And those who were considered unclean by doing things like that were looked down upon and frowned on by society. But Jesus didn't care. He went up and stopped the casket and touched it. That's compassion. We hear a sad story, we say, oh, I feel so bad. And then we go on with our conversation. We see something sad, we send a check. When did you ever show the depth of your compassion? And I'm sure many of you have. When did you risk being considered unclean by society? Not acceptable. When did you feel like you degraded yourself in front of others because of your compassion for someone? When I was reading this gospel and thinking about my homily, I remembered a story uh, that showed great compassion. It was when I served down in Port Richmond the last time, and we used to take care of Northeastern Hospital. And one summer day, I came out of the hospital, and there was a little crowd gathered around, and there was this bench, and there was a homeless man and his feet were bleeding. And these two women got cloths, whatever they could find in their pocketbooks, and went over and started to try to clean the feet of that man. This was the age when we knew about AIDS. They didn't stop and think, what should I do? They just did it. And everyone was standing around watching, saying, isn't it wonderful what they're doing? My brothers and sisters, do we have compassion that does? Or do we have compassion that watches? Let's ask ourselves, the compassion that Jesus showed not only gave life to the dead man, but it gave hope and life to his mother. That's the kind of compassion we need to imitate. With that said, I have to speak to you today about in all of our churches throughout the archdiocese, and actually I think throughout the state, we're asking in the bulletin today is a letter. And... Um, I also emailed it out to the parish yesterday. And it is about House Bill 1947. And it is the bill that is seeking to open the window of opportunity for lawsuits to be filed against abuse victims. You know, I am sick and tired like every priest for the last 12 years or more having to address this issue. 
am sick and tired as a pastor of having to tell people the rules and regulations of what they have to do in order to just walk into our school or to volunteer anywhere among children. But we do it. This is what I have to say to you about this. Archbishop Chaput, when he came to the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, some of you may have seen his initial interview on TV. And one of the interviewers said to him, I understand that you and the bishops of Colorado blocked the opportunity to open the window of opportunity for people to sue. And this was his statement. We are citizens first. If this bill is going to be passed for everyone, public and private institutions, then I support it. But if it is only for private institutions, then I oppose it. And that is what this bill is. They want to open this window of opportunity for private institutions that's retroactive to go back decades so people can come forward to sue. In the public institutions and public schools, there's what they call sovereign immunity. You can't sue the state. So now this new law says, well, maybe going forward they can sue. But there's a limit put on what a person can sue a public school for or a public institution. There's no limit on private institutions. Sometimes I ask myself, do we live in America? The injustice of this bill is what I oppose and what I hope you oppose. This article was in the Inquirer on Thursday. It's about a public high school in western Pennsylvania where the president of the student council told the superintendent of schools, do not come to our graduation because teenagers and teachers, teachers molesting and having sex with teenagers, and nothing was done. What do you think will happen there? The abuse that takes place in public schools and has taken place in public schools far outshines what has happened through the years in private schools. But we don't hear it because we're not supposed to. This is an article that appeared in April. Don't discriminate against child abuse victims. It's written by a lawyer from Yardley who says, now we have two classes of victims of abuse. Those who deserve retribution, the victims of private institutions, and those who don't, the victims of public institutions. My brothers and sisters, if you don't read this for what it is and act upon it, I don't even know what to say to you. I don't care about the money. Since this whole scandal has uh, you know, been exposed, I have prayed to God to purge us and protect us.
Well, he has purged us. There is no institution that has more rules and regulations, and this lawyer says it. Her children attended public school and Catholic school. And what you people have to do to volunteer in our private institutions and schools in the Catholic Church is unbelievable. Any of you who volunteer know it. So all that done, we're still going to say, let's go back and let's open the window, but only for private schools and institutions. The letter that we did really was uh, kind of a form letter, and I could have put Archbishop Chaput's signature on it, but I put mine on it. Because I want you to know, I oppose this on the basis of justice. I thought we lived in America. And what Archbishop Chaput said in that first interview is what we should all think. We are citizens first. And what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If they open this window for everyone, we just lick our chops and do what we have to do. But if it's only for certain institutions, then I will fight it with everything I have. So the letter's in the bulletin. It's if you get the email from the parish, it's on your email. It explains the bill, and on the back it tells you, please contact your senators because this bill is going to be voted on in mid-June. So it has to be done now. We put all that information on the back. If you have any other questions or information, feel free to contact the parish. I sometimes think, you know, wonder in the last 50 years, our Catholic schools how many children went through them. When I was in Father Judge, there were 3,000 boys. So let's go back 50 years in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, just in Philadelphia, but this is for the state of Pennsylvania. And it's going from state to state to state to see if they can do it. How much money did the Catholic schools save the state of Pennsylvania? from the money that you, my parents, and all parents paid to educate their children in Catholic schools. How much did they save us?